0: What
1: control? You are listening to what?
2: To truck it, I'm Dooner here with
1: Michael Vincent, the Dude. Hey, good Friday afternoon from Freight Alley. It's a tradition like no other, my
2: friend. I, I did hear the Masters were on, That's but right. uh, at the same time, Lego Star Wars came out on PlayStation. I got a five and seven year old, so my TV has been seized for. They have a playroom upstairs, but they don't have that game upstairs. So ah. Uh. My TV's been seized. You
1: gotta it How are things doing there? It's going well. Herschel's at like probably plus 12 by now, and uh, El Tigre, uh, Tiger, is at uh, minus one.
2: Well, great stuff. I don't follow yeah. golf, so that means nothing to me, but okay. uh, good well, luck to all Tiger's of them Tiger's in there. the mix, man. I'm more in like the mini golf circuit. That, that's my thing. Oh, my yeah. Yeah, that is good stuff, actually. Baseball is back, too, right? Socks on yeah. tonight? Well, Socks actually on after the show, 1 o'clock. I'll race home and go watch them. But happening right now, we're talking to trucker Sadea Morris about her trip to the White House talk on trucking, we'll find out how drivers work with the White House, get things done. If you yeah. followed her story, she's been working very hard at making some of those changes. Plus, get ready for the truth behind LTL pricing, how to ship your conference and event goods. We got uh, Lodesmith and uh, Too Simple, right? They're partnering up. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's we simple. got uh, How to Accelerate Your Sales Funnel, plus good news and bad news. Let's mm. tip the band, and we'll get right to our first guest, Autonomous trucks are coming with a huge potential windfall if you're ready to seize it. Start re engineering your supply chain for autonomy today.
1: Contact, tell them, dude. Hey, go to locomation.ai for turnkey solutions immediately after this show.
2: All right, now we have a very honored guest. It is Sadea Morris here. She's a owner at Pink Transportation. She was just at the White House. She looked incredible over there. Sadea, thanks so much for coming on the show today. No
3: problem. Thank you so much for having me again.
2: So you have we have had you on here a few times and, and usually we focused on the ports up in New Jersey and you talked how you have talked how you are trying to approach leadership there and make changes and you're trying to do it the right way. Now you brought that message down to the White House as well. Tell us how you
3: ended up down in at the White House just the other day. You know it was just from all of the advocacy that myself and the other port truckers and other organizations have been doing.
1: Yeah. So today, I mean, look at this, you know, before you were just driving drayage, then you come on what the truck. Now you're at the white house. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Shaking hands with Biden. The power (laughs) has even handled Biden. I mean, it is awesome. So, So how was the experience being there? Was it overwhelming or did you get some, some business done? How was it?
3: You know, it, it was very overwhelming. I still cannot believe I shook hands with the president of the United States of America. It's, it's unreal, but To be there, it just makes me believe that everything that myself, you know, that I have been doing along with other organizations such as Coalition 18 and Inweight, the things that we have been doing are getting recognized for the better.
2: You know, initially when they said they were going to have these meetings, I was a little concerned that it would just be the ATA or mega carriers. And when you posted that picture, I I was so pleasantly surprised that Some of the words that are coming out of like Secretary Pete's mouth, it sounds like he is actually listening. Right. And a lot of times we've had politicians in that position. But now with this much focus on trucking, did you like what you heard from the president and his administration on Wednesday?
3: Oh, absolutely. And even with what you said, with what you're saying right now, it goes back to a meeting that we had in Charleston with Mayor Joshi. And we spoke about that before I spoke with of uh, Secretary, the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, and I told him, I said, hey, when you're talking about infrastructure, I don't hear anything about inner city truck parking for the owner operators that are in the drainage industry. So for him to stand on the podium and let everyone know that he is working on it makes us know it's, it's worth it.
1: Yeah, like they, they actually heard it and it wasn't lip service saying, hey, that I'll, I'll go through this and go there. Was was there other stuff that maybe you wish that they had said that they didn't say uh, during this meetings?
3: Absolutely. I do wish that they gave the port truckers an actual segment to talk, you know, because I do feel as though we are. Continuously overlooked and overshadowed by the major corporations and by, you know, the other men and women who have a lot of followers and who get the, the donations and they get the sponsors. But when you see the poor truckers, we don't really get a lot of recognition. So we're really working from the bottom up. So next time, I would like if we would be a little bit more recognized going forward because we're making a stand. I'm here, and Wade is here, and Coalition 18, we're here as well.
2: You, you make a good point there because trucking kind of becomes uh, an amorphous tor- term when you're hearing it out of politicians' mouth. Be- mm. and, and now you kind of want them to get a little bit deeper. Now address the concerns of LTL, the owner-operator, the you know the company driver, and the port truckers as well. Because they're all different corners of trucking. They all don't have the same exact needs, do they?
3: Oh, no, absolutely not. And I know I hear this often. I I hear people tell me, Yes, but you have the same issues as the over-the-road drivers, when essentially we don't. The ports are over-regulated, and what the drivers are going through, no one would really understand unless you are an actual port trucker. And that's why, you know, I'm using my my little voice and my small platform to make that known.
2: Now, if they let you stand up on there, President Biden said today, <laughs> New Jersey port girl, please come up here and tell us what the drivers need at the port. What would you have told that group had you had the opportunity to have the microphone?
3: If I had the opportunity, first and foremost, with all due respect, I would thank him for putting me up there for the forefront to represent the port truckers of America. And I would just let him know that we need consistency overall. Yes, you know, some of the courts they're cooperating and they're giving us bathrooms, but we need to have those bathrooms maintained. Sometimes there there is no congestion going on at the courts, but we need that longevity. We we need for it to be like that all the time. And lastly, I would just say the respect in the industry. Port truckers have obtained this name of a peer rat in a, a very dehup dehumanizing way and we want to take that and we want to elevate it because many of the drivers that are port truckers are small business owners and they are american companies and that's what we that's what we build our our country off of. american country Amer- american companies sorry
1: yeah, it's, this, it's the it's the smaller companies. It's the startups, the entrepreneurs that drive the economy and drive it in those ports as well. They don't have the deep pockets to deal with some of these issues that need to be dealt with. So you have a lot of drivers calling. You say, hey, Sadea, can you uh, get a message to your boy, Joe, and, and help me out with this stuff now? Are you celebrity now?
3: I wouldn't. You know, someone actually did call me a superstar, and I wouldn't even <laughs> say that I'm a superstar. I am just your normal person proud American that is going to speak out on whatever I see is wrong and I'm always going to tell the truth. That's exactly how I've always been growing up and I'm going to continue that because people like authenticity and that's what I want to continue to give everyone that's out there.
2: Well you might not think you're a superstar but you are I think you are and you, at the very least you are the first african-american port trucker i believe to be at the white house right i mean this is a pretty big moment and the youngest i believe i believe the youngest as well
3: but yes i coalition 18 they were there they're they're um an organization of port truckers and um as i said before i am a part of a bigger organization of other port truckers it just so happened that i am the youngest so i think i hold that record
1: <laughs> well, that's got to be some great affirmation for what you're doing there, and congratulations to that. You got to—I mean, I can see it on your face that you're beaming with pride, and you're fighting a good fight. So, amen to you, and, and peace and love. Well,
2: yeah, and I, I, I second that. And um, I got to ask though: so, a lot of times truckers try to put together these these groups to protest what's going on in the government, and quite often, what happens is they end up being seized by political groups, right? Mm. It ends up becoming a MAGA rally or something else, and then truckers start moving out of it because it's no longer about are issues but it seems like you're doing it right you're trying to go through the system here you're trying to advocate for the truckers and you're also trying to understand that respect is a two-way street and if you want to work with these leaders and you want to enact change you can't just you know scream and honk at them to get it done you actually have to have these conversations
3: absolutely i agree and i do feel as though and I, i'm so grateful for every trucker that has been able to use what they have to stand up for everyone's rights because you know not everyone is able to voice their opinions and what they feel as, you know, what they deem important. But we ha- sometimes we have to step back and we have to look at the problems that we have as truckers. And we have to fix our own problems because no one has really fixed the problems for truckers. They've only made it worse.
1: Yeah. This, I, that, I, enough of this highbrow stuff. Can we do a little wheel stupid question, yet or what? Wait, oh, you got one for her? I do. Let's, all right, let's hit her with one let's, before we let her go. Let's roll it and see what, what it says here. All right, this is a good one. All right, Sodea. What is a little thing that just annoys the hell out of you? Oh, see? I'll tell her what mine what is. That's what she does. That's what you do it. Mine less. is when
2: Moltar loses the guest in the back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mine is when you whistle when I'm trying to do the production sheet I, in the what? back. And, in and the I don't
1: know where that bad habit came from, but it recently just arose. I don't know what it is.
2: Hey, if you want to find her, though, check her out on Twitter at uh, port <laughs> underscore NJ. She's doing great work. Or look up uh, Sadea Morris on LinkedIn. I'm sure she'll connect with you there. She's doing great positive work. To advance some of these messages in trucking. Strong leader. We applaud her. She knows Little how to mic
1: drop the mic, doesn't she? Boom. She doesn't know. <laughs> she, well, she's been through the wheel of
2: stupid questions before, she too, has. and she knows how that can go. She knows how to yeah, work so it. She's, she's smart. All right, but maybe we'll see what Brett can do here. We got Brett Zuma. He's the CEO over at Lodesmith, and I believe they just got into a brand new partnership. That That's could be pretty exciting. So let's talk to Brett and see what's doing. Brett, where are we catching you today?
4: Uh, I finally got home. I've been gone for two weeks. So I'm back in my home this week. Uh, I got home late last night. Oh, where did the road take you? Um, I was in Atlanta for a few days. Then I was in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico with my family for spring break. And then I was in South Carolina at the Stiefel Conference. Just oh, got shit. back last night.
2: Jet set lifestyle. There I like go, it. things are things are healing. Cruising, They're baby. getting back to normal. Well, one thing that I just saw recently was you you have enacted a partnership with Too Simple. It sounds really interesting, but you know more about it than we do. So tell us a little bit about what that is.
4: Yeah, I, I think that if you had known our, our core team at Loadsmith for any period of time, um, you'd recognize that that we're all, you know, asset-based asset people, meaning that we all came from, um, you know, asset companies. And so I think that when we started Boatsmith, maybe um, all the pieces to the puzzle of what we were doing hadn't been um, realized by some of some of our, our friends and, and peers in the industry. Uh, probably didn't make a lot of sense to them that we started the 3PL, given all of our extensive uh, background in asset utilization and network optimization. I think that the Too Simple announcement is is the beginning of, of us really kind of staking our claim in terms of what our, our objective has been since, since really before we started Lodesmith, which is to create an autonomous middle-mile trucking company uh, with power-only first and last-mile delivery uh, that will be really powered through our carrier app that, that we're also in the process of developing. Uh, we we really believe that that the middle mile uh, in select OD pairings is ripe for automation. Automation um, autonomy thrives in repetitive tasks. Uh, we we don't think that that autonomy is going to be uh, this you know cross country application. We think it's going to be very strategic uh, between origin and destination points that have dense uh, a tremendous density to them. Uh, and really what we're trying to do is then create a better trucking job for, for drivers out there that, that want to be home nightly or, or, you know, just work in a, in a regional or um, a dray environment. Um, and so really we think that by automating the middle mile, we'll be able to actually even create better trucking jobs on the first and last mile.
1: I would agree with that hundred percent, and it, it's very interesting to me, Brett, that it, when you, you know you go from asset and you go to uh, non-asset to the to the brokerage side of things, right? To come back into asset is an odd thing to have happen, uh, and and it's confusing both ways. But with the automation piece to it and that high tech, it starts to make sense. Yeah. Are you going to own these assets or are they lease based? What, what, what how does that exactly work with the three hundred fifty units? I believe it was that you've uh, that you have reservations for.
4: Yeah. So, so each one of the manufacturers agreement is a little bit different. Um, in two simples case, you know, you, ha- if you, if you really understand how they're trying to commercialize their business, um, I think is going to fall in line with probably the majority of, of the rest of the manufacturers where you're buying or, or leasing the, the tractor, and then you're utilizing the, the technology, which is a, a combination of hardware and software and you're leasing that technology and that leasing technology will be a per mile fee that you're paying. Mm. And so, so we own the trucks, we own the trailers, you know, 350 trucks and a thousand trailers. Um, and, and that 350 trucks will be gradually you know, implemented as we continue to develop our network. Um, but really how, how, you know, too simple is, is, is commercializing their is on a per mile fee to us. Um, and that's really how that agreement works. And yeah, I think to your point, it's, it's caught some people off guard in terms of us leaving an asset provider, starting a 3PL. But really, we were always intentioned on building this dense network of freight and then taking technology and specifically autonomous technology and, and layering that into our network of freight um, when the regulatory environment catches up.
2: Now, there's a number of autonomous companies trying to reach for the brass ring, trying to be the top company in the space. What about Too simple made them the right partner for you, though?
4: Well, I mean, the great thing about our partnership with them and, is that it doesn't have to be exclusive. Um, and, you know, we're, we're not going to, to, you know, ignore the other, the other players in the space. But I think that Too simple is just ahead. If, if you look at, um, they've been ahead uh, really since since the beginning. Um, and when you look at their technology and their patents and, and really beyond just those things, but what they've done they're, they, they're continually running trucks, uh, autonomously with, you know, with the driver out completely they're, they're, they've documented that, um, they've, you know, marketed that they're just ahead. I'm, I'm going to, to Phoenix and Tucson next week, um, to visit our new office in Phoenix. And then on, on Tuesday, I'm going to be in the truck while it's driving itself uh, along the I-10. I was, you know, it's a fascinating trip for me uh, to see it in action. And so, I, I just think that right now they're ahead. Uh, that doesn't mean that, that that I don't admire the rest of the you know the people in the space. Um, and we're in conversations with others as well. But I think it's important, really, when you start thinking about density and, and the application of, of autonomous in the middle mile. Um, is that, that 350, uh, truck order that we have, you know, every time I pencil out and I've probably penciled it out a hundred times utilization scores. And I keep coming up with between 2.2 and 2.8, uh, a utilization score over a traditional solo driver, uh, in a truck. And that, you know, so it's kind of aggregated out to 2.5 X. And what that really means is that that 350 truck order, really gives us the capacity of 875 trucks. Mm, mm. And so we're really excited about the ability for us to do things at a much higher utilization and optimization component. And there's an announcement that's going to come out in the next week or two, and we'll be back on to talk about our new partnership from a technology perspective that's really going to help us from um, an optimization and power-only and power only management And powering, you know, supercharging our our driver app and connecting all of that with this new autonomous Mm -hmm. middle mile, um, which has been our long road, you know, when we look at our business, you know, what the roadmap is for us getting to really a capacity as a service technology platform.
1: So many, so many questions very, uh, uh, about what's going on here, extremely, extremely interesting. By the end of 2023, two simple plans to carry freight operations in Arizona and the Texas Tri- Triangle, right? One of the country's busiest freight race right there. What, 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 what needs to happen between then and now, or between now and then for that to happen?
4: Well, I think there's a couple things. For, for us, you know, we continue to build a very, very dense network of freight. We're about a $150 million network of freight now. So for us, between now and then, we just have to continue to add density into our, into our network of freight. We, we do not gotcha. haul every load for everybody. I think for Too Simple, it is more of a regulatory environment catching up with the technology at this point. And, you know, there are people that would say that, oh, autonomous is, is, 10, mile, is, is 10 years away. And to, to those people, I'd say, you know, if that's the case, you only have 10 years to get there. Um, it's coming. But how people do it in a thoughtful way. And what I mean by thoughtful, I'm not talking necessarily just about like the X's and O's, but really about the Billies and Joes, about those drivers and really creating good jobs that allow drivers to be, to, to do well financially, but also to be home um, and, and to really, you know, as, as that demographic maybe shifts a little bit over the next few years. Yeah, you know, really create great driver jobs that are locally based. Yeah.
2: Very cool, Excellent. Brett. Hey, thanks for joining us on the show today. We appreciate it. Before we let us go, would you offer to us what is one little thing that annoys the heck out of you?
4: Um, I had one happen at the airport yesterday <laughs> when I was checking in. Um, and let's just say um, somebody who has way too many bags.
2: Right? Uh, <laughs> trying uh, to go I, through I, security. But... I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Hey, thank you so much. Go check out LoadSmith. We uh, good luck with the partnership with Too Simple, and have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us on the show.
4: Hey, thanks, gentlemen. Take care. Take it Brett. easy.
2: Hey, you know what, Michael Vincent, the last yes, sir. Freight Waves event that I was at. By, wait, hold on. I got to ask you a real quick question. Yeah, go ahead. Now, if you're in the autonomous truck, do you do you see yourself? Are you like a backseat driver? Would yes. you start yelling at the computer if it's not doing what yeah. you think it should be doing at that yeah. time? If, yeah, probably. I yes. would too. Yeah. Well, be- our next guest is actually standing right in the location of our last live freight waves event in, in November of 2019. He's standing right in the McCormick Center in Chicago. Right. It's Rob Uzi from BWS Logistics. We got the hat right here. He's got one on his head. He sent us some T-shirts. Bobby, come on up, All my right. friend.
5: How are you guys doing? How are you doing? What are you doing over and at here McCormick? I came down here because I, I the last few times I've been on, you know, I think you guys retired to looking at my little Chinese screen behind me, you know, waiting for sushi. So I thought I would come down to uh, McCormick and uh, come to an actual show that's going on today. There's a, uh, uh, see if we can get some people to walk by. It's actually called Star Trek Mission Chicago. So we have some Trekkies here today. They're all checking in right now, but I'm in the West Hall of McCormick Place, which has four halls, as you know. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure where you guys were at in 2019, but um, there's uh, four halls here. It's 2.9 million square foot of uh, exhibit and, ball and uh, meeting space, so it's a great venue. As you know, with trade shows uh, making a big comeback this year, it's really important. The city of Chicago was devastated, as were many cities, with uh, financially with the travel and everything else being shut down. So uh, we're excited. McCormick Place seems to have a pretty full uh, schedule this year already for the balance of 2022, so it's uh, it's looking up well that's
2: Klingon for you if uh, Trekkie over there translator we might be able to finish this interview no I'm just kidding Uh, so so everyone's back at events we're seeing you over here at the Star Trek convention we're seeing TIA going on match was going on but everyone might have lost their muscle memory not going to events for two years they want to ship their stuff to these events they want to know how to do it what are some of the best practices and procedures in 2022 for getting your crap over to those events
5: I would say the, the biggest thing I can recommend for people who, who ship on a daily basis who might manufacture goods and have their, their their carriers that they like to use, trade show shipping is different. Tri- ship to the trade show with someone who understands the ins and outs, the marshalling yards, the cutoffs, the time frames and, and the dire nature of trade shows. Because if you think about the money people spend to get here from the square footage of your booth to the transportation, hotels, Etc. And you and you and you're trying to cut corners on a two skids at 600 pounds. It's not really, it's not going to benefit anybody if you have to, uh, you know, have a blank booth there with just a table and chair. So, I would say my biggest recommendation is ship with someone who understands the game, whether that be the general contractor or someone like myself who has 12 years experience doing trade show shipping.
1: So, uh, trade show shipping or not trade show shipping, what's your favorite to do? What's the more difficult?
5: Well, uh, my old boss uh, used to say that trade show shipping can be a lot like doing organ transplants, uh, uh, transportation, <laughs> because there's really no, no tomorrow. Uh, so shout out to Tony Madrigal, my old boss at GES, for that line. And uh, I, I mean, I, like, I do like the pressure of, uh, of expedited moves and, and time-sensitive moves. I've uh, got a lot of experience in it. So, I mean, I love trade show. There's people wheeling stuff into my left over here. So it's, it's great. It's great. It's great to be back here. My last flight uh, was 2019, coming home from a trade show, which was my last one with uh, GES. And, uh, and now I've been here with BWS. We're, we've got a lot of amazing things happening here. We're getting ready to do a rebrand, which is uh, what I sent you guys there. We're going to have a new website coming up in the next week or so. But uh, to answer your question, I like trade show shipping. I like Total all shipping, sh- as long as I can make a little money on. it.
2: So tell us a little bit about this because you did a rebrand and the BWS logo used to have beer, wine, and spirits on. I thought that's what the BWS stood for, but your new hat says bringing winning service. Is this because you're expanding your scope of services here from just the uh, beverage? You're starting to get into conferences and things like that?
5: Been in that all along. Um, we, that was our kind of start off with just beer, wine, and spirits. We do all a wide variety of uh, commodities. Uh, and it just uh, for me as a guy who... My, I'm not heavy on the beer, wine, and spirits on my side as much. Uh, it was a, it, When I would send out lead stuff to people, they'd be like, oh, it's great you do beer, wine, and spirits. Not interested. Thank you. I don't, I don't make beer, wine, and spirits. So we, I think we wanted to just get a little more, uh, uh, make it a little more reachable for a lot of different people. So that's kind of why we're doing it. And the BWS uh, is, uh, you know, bringing winning spirit. is a carryover from... Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and, you know, they, I, I voted for Bussyville ship, but they didn't want to do that one, so. <laughs> <laughs> like that
2: if BWS was a Star Trek series, which Star Trek series would it be?
5: Uh The newest one. Okay. What is the newest Picard, one? I Picard know. is
2: the newest one. I, mean, I would have gone with the next generation, oh, yeah, you know, cause that's when I grew up, but uh, that's all right. You can go with that one.
5: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm old school. I, I made sure not to wear a, a red shirt today because, as I remember, the, the the Star Trek guys with the red shirt always got killed. So,
0: yeah, that,
1: yeah, that could end up. Yeah. Could yeah, they end were expen- they were the, they were the expendable crew member that came down to the to the planet. That's right
5: there. Exactly. You see <laughs> the guy at the beginning with a red shirt. You're like, oh, when, yep. when's he going to die? He's dead.
2: Bob, well, any other tips? A lot of people coming to Northwest Arkansas next month are going to be sending their event stuff. Any other tips for them on just making sure? Things go smoothly. Uh, I imagine a lot of companies, too, if you think about it, it's been Absolutely. over two years. We've been through this great resignation. Yes. A lot of people who are handling people's event stuff now is yes. probably not the same person who was even doing it two years ago.
5: Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. I would say, look at the, uh, you know, every every time there's a show, there's what's called a show kit that the uh, show organizer puts out and the contractor that they hire to produce the show with them. Check the show kit. Make sure you have your, your times and your dates. And the, the biggest tip I can say is always try to ship to the advanced warehouse because then it's there uh, on t- uh, early. If you ship direct to show and there's a problem, you don't have a lot of time to recover. And being, being you know 12 years doing trade show shipping, I had a lot of people come up to the counter saying, I shipped with uh, you know, ABC company or whatever, and they're not here. So ship, ship, with, uh, ship with people who know what they're doing and uh, try to ship to the advanced warehouse. Yeah, you know, Rob. There's kind of these these uh,
1: trade show kind of uh, seasons, right? They yeah. they clump together in the spring and in the fall and stuff like that. Does it make sense to like ship from, say, Freight Alley at the beginning and then let Rob just move it and then bring it all back at the end of the season? You know, just let you handle that
5: and keep moving it from warehouse to warehouse. Absolutely. There's a, there's people that uh, that do that for for companies and they organize the whole the whole series. Um, you know, when I was a GS, there as people that did the, the whole uh, hunting, hunting thing, and there was a, those shows always happening like January and February, and, and we do show to show to show. We call that a caravan when you're shipping show to show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can definitely do that. Leave it with someone, let them manage it, or you there's there's companies and even uh, GS has their own warehouse yeah. in uh, current, uh, in uh, Kentucky, which a lot of their corporate accounts ship from, and they just ship to and from there and manage it for them and take take that piece of the puzzle out out of the problem problem sector for
1: him. I think I just saw the expendable crew member go off behind him.
5: Yeah, I was
2: going to ask, what's the best costume you've seen there? We're doing a little people-watching behind you as well. I'm not going to lie, I've seen some people like communicators and stuff. There's been some people, there's been some cosplayers.
5: We'll see what we can find here, if we can find someone to speak to here. Here's a oh, gentleman yeah. coming here. I'll ask uh-huh. this guy right here. Yeah, Excuse sure. me, sir. What? Uh, hi. hi, first of all, what, uh, what series are you from? Oh, Discovery, of course. The the Discovery's here, guys. Uh, See, that's what other than Next Generation. I'm presenting. So I'm doing panels,
1: and I'm
2: doing a crack show. I have someone coming in. So I'm doing all kinds of things. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Well, that was and Prosper. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, live long and prosper. Like, Look out for the Tribbles. You might find some of those uh, little Tribbles. Are you... So are you... Th- Wait, Bob, is this like a business and pleasure trip? Are you also a Trekkie yourself? Uh-oh, oh, yeah. you lot... There he is. Uh,
5: I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a tr- I'm a trade show fan, but uh, I, I, de- I do like Star Trek. I mean, I do like Star Trek. I like Star Wars. As you know, my son likes Godzilla. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Speak- oh, absolutely. Sp- speaking of Godzilla, uh, this summer... It happens uh, once every two years. There's going to be G Fest, so Duner, you might want to bring the boys up for that to Chicago.
2: Ooh, all right, Ooh. they get hot and cold on stuff. I got to make sure they're they're back into Godzilla at the time. But before we let you go, what's one little thing that annoys the hell out of you?
5: I, I just wish that I could live forever, and I know oh. that's not going to happen. But <laughs> that's a little. It's thing. kind of a bummer.
2: It's a kind of a big thing too. Yeah. You just got heavy on us. Well, you yeah, go enjoy. Uh, I know. You go enjoy this conference here, this this uh, this cosplay thing, and you tell us where people can find you though before we let you go.
5: We have two oh, more hi. people here. Want to say okay. hello? Hey, how are you? How's it going? Hi. <laughs>
3: hey.
5: <It's laughs> going great. What? What series are you guys from? Uh, original. We got oh, the original beautiful.
2: here. There you wow, go. They've aged very well.
5: <laughs> and guest. <laughs> and well, guest. Star Trek. If, you oh, know, you, you, you just put I a little thing in there. This Good is, thing I mean, they didn't wear red.
3: Dress,
5: but yes. I didn't want to wear the wig today. She didn't want to wear the. With the nurse chapel dress, but you know, on the opposite, I, I, I a wish I did show. wear the wig today.
2: Thank you, Bob. Hey, Bob, <laughs> where do people find you? Uh, where do they find you to get their events, needs and a Star Trek convention I impromptu interviews handled?
5: Uh, they can they can uh, reach me at uh, r.bussy at bwslogistics.com Nice man. If you go get on some our good- website and uh, watch out, watch out for the reveal, which is coming in about a week or so, and there's a sneak peek
4: there at you the go. logo. Nice. All right. Is it in the screen?
2: Yeah, Mr. Eric right, Beretta. Have a great show. Liberty Screen Printing, I believe, did that as well. Thank you so much, Bob. Have a good time there. You Enjoy your Thank trip. You guys for having. Enjoy your trip in Chicago. Yeah. You know, last time I was in Chicago too. That's what the the former host of the show, Chad Chad Prevost, right? And we had this one video guy who used to work here. Uh, yeah. What was his name? Nick, I think. And um, <laughs> yes, we were like, we let's did. cut a promo in front of the Sears Tower. And like this guy was like, don't use your GPS. I know Chicago by the back of my hand. Oh, like okay, he wouldn't sure. take. And I'm like, and I put him. And I'm like, look, it says it's over here, here, here. And he takes us to a completely different building that's not the the Sears Tower to
1: cut <laughs> the promo. Do you, were you at a, like a Sears department store?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> what building was it? It looked similar. to this. I forget exactly what building it was. It just wasn't. Sears in front tower. of
1: a craftsman tool set. <laughs> yes, in front of a
2: craftsman tool set. That's why I don't listen to people. All right, let's tip the band. Then we get over to Dan here. What's the growth? No, with the growth of Loves and Speedco Nationwide. It's like when you come in hot on one of these reads and you just completely botch like the uh, first sentence. I'm
1: not smart enough to notice.
2: With the growth of the Loves and Speedco Nationwide Network, tire past has devolved delivery methods always. Fulfilling the needs of your drivers. Whether in-lane at Love's Travel Stops inside a truck care or Speedco service center, or at an inspection, it can inform them of any tire-related concerns. To learn more about this tire pass, where do they go? Hey, go to loves.com. Nice bottle. Nice bottle. Nice prop work drinking, like too. That? Transfix is modernizing the way freight moves nationwide. The Transfix Intelligent Freight Platform combines a digital freight marketplace, intuitive software, and dedicated experts to drive performance. For your modern, not antiquated supply no. chain like the one you run, Michael That's Vincent, right. get That's a free
1: right. quote. At, tell him, dude. Go to transfic, transfix.io. You had one word. <laughs> I, well, three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, let's get to Dan Deegan, owner at High Performance Logistics Sales. This guy gets up every damn day with DJ Flores on LinkedIn and is just talking sales. He's like an inexhaustible resource of sales knowledge. Dan, thank you for joining us today.
6: Thanks, guys. You guys rock, man. (laughs) I got to tell you, you guys crack me up all the time. If you're not doing country music with John, you're like just killing it. Way to go, Michael. Unintentioned. We're going to have to talk about footwear sooner or later. Uh. Footwear? What about footwear? Well, when we first connected, I don't know if you remember, but one of the things that stands out is I misspelled something. You're like, I was going to wonder why you were asking about my footwear right when you connect with me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> easy, easy. it was an icebreaker buddy you know in sales you gotta have the icebreakers and you figure what the
2: hell well dan <laughs> what's the icebreaker here I, this, I think this is the first time you've been on this show Introduce yourself to our audience you do a, a few things these days
4: yeah
6: i'm <laughs> kind of all over the place um i was actually on road dog trucking with you but it's the first time i'm actually on what the truck so thanks yeah. for having me gentlemen uh really appreciate it love the show um, I've been in logistics sales for 29 years now. And about four years ago, I decided to uh, branch off, um, mainly because of a conversation I had with a buddy of mine where we were kind of sitting down at Christmas time. Um, we were both in the high million plus in GP for the year. And he kind of looked at me and said, you know, isn't it cool that only special people can do this? And I kind of looked at him and I said, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, people with degrees and stuff. I said, degree? He goes, yeah, I go, I'm a great nine dropout. He goes, no, you went to university for some degree. And I'm like, no, I just educated myself and studied and trained and invested in myself, invested in coaches and invested in platforms. And um, he was actually blown away. And it got me thinking that our industry, as massive as it is, it's very small. You can tell that just from the TIA conference, you know, from a lot of the people you have on, we see their names everywhere. And um, it got me thinking that if we just change the way we sell, can we not design the life we want as opposed to, I don't know about you guys, but I know when when we were speaking one time, um, you know, sales in this industry can stress you right the hell out. And um, I, I just, I believe if we create a life and a specificity to what we want in life and how we want our life to run, sales will be easy. So I created a company, High Performance logistics Sales, that teaches sales reps how to generate a million dollars minimum GP in under 12 months. And my mission is to help 10,000 sales reps do that.
2: Wow. Okay. I I love it too because in this space, Michael Vincent, there's so like what he said right there. You know, people talking about education. You're not going to learn in school how to sell freight. That doesn't happen at college. That happens working logistics. That happens with good coaches, and that happens with experience there's yes. so many towers of knowledge though and runway in this space of things that haven't even been built and haven't even been constructed to service the needs of people in this industry it's such a great space there's so much opportunity i'm glad you've recognized it you key in on sales though it's 2022 what's the best method are you old school you're doing the uh, cold calls you send those cold emails non-stop you going door to door or is it being a little bit smarter and using the internet
6: well actually um, You know, in, in 2022, I uh, just before 2022 hit, I, I went out and reached out to 150 different traffic managers and CEOs, and I said, "You know, what is it that you're looking for?" Um, and a lot of them are starting to look for more visibility. I believe in 2022, if you do a cost plus model and you work to help your customers achieve their goals, and we're not talking just land a deal because it makes you a profit. We're talking. What are your goals? That matches my specialty and what I can do that matches how I run my business. We're a match. And it's kind of like meeting somebody at a party. You either you kind of like them if you really like them, like DJ and I, we met not even a year ago. It feels like we've been best buds for 10 years. So that for 2022, I believe, is the future for sales is full transparency. Not to mention it's long term growth. So as a broker or a 3PL, 4PL, whatever, whatever you want to call yourself. You've got two sides of every coin. You need to have a wicked relationship with your suppliers. You need to take care of them during downtimes and work with them during uptimes. And you need to dovetail that relationship with your customer. Because what we're finding now, um, as you know, you guys know, you, got, you guys got the data. Rates are starting to flip in certain areas. Car- mm-hmm. Carriers are already reporting that, you know, these people that wanted relationships long-term are saying, hey, you know, can you do it for 50 bucks left? Can you do it? So establish what it is you want to do, you know, be driver-centric in your sales is a key part to this. You know, suppliers these days, like, what are the amenities for your drivers? You know, like, whether, I don't care if you don't have rolling steel, what do you have at your customers' facilities, at your shippers, at your receivers to help drivers alleviate some of their day? So can they use the bathroom? Do they have a lounge? Do they all this kind of stuff? And we just don't like, I'm sorry, but the majority of logistics companies out there don't train their reps to do it. They get so much pressure from the brass and from the top level to just produce numbers, produce numbers, produce numbers but there's so much more to this industry than producing numbers. Right? Dan,
2: like, hold on a second. Hold on. Cause one of the big issues you you touched on something and I don't want to get yeah. too far away from this point that you made, which is that rates are going down. Yes. So you're going to have brokers dealing with a lot of truckers right now who are going to be pissed off at them thinking that they're ripping them off. What advice do you have in this situation where the market is flipping and the relationships are going to get highly contentious again?
6: My, my suggestion right away is, Hey, Mr. Supplier, Mrs. Supplier, whatever it is, we're partners. My customer is asking me this, or I'm seeing in the market this. Can we get ahead of this and develop some long-term strategy? So the next three months, we're going to analyze if it goes down six percent, we're going to give you X percent. Because the thing is, carriers are, or sorry, customers are going to want discounts. It's just you know, 2018 into 19, we mm-hmm. saw it. It's a, it's, a, it just keeps rolling over and over. However. Fuel costs are now up around 37% of spot haul line haul rates, which puts us right into the position of carriers going out of business because that 25% range is that you know comfortable range. But as a carrier, your cost for equipment has gone up, your driver costs have gone up, everything's risen. Now, did it rise to 70 or 80% of what we're, we saw in the market for spot rates? No, but it's a conversation on both sides. So the customer comes and says, I need a discount. I'm seeing rates. People are coming in lower. Have the conversation as opposed to saying, hey, we need to cut this. This is what the customer's looking for. This is what happened when they come in. What is it we can do? Can we do anything? Meaning if we drop the rate by 200 bucks, are you now going to go and lose money? Because if you are, we're not doing it. Give up the business.
2: Dan, you suddenly warped into like green jello mode. That was pretty cool. We I, know, show I, him him in... <laughs> I like that. Can we keep him in green jello mode? I like it, for the that. That question? looks good. I, like I don't it. know what that, happened. What's the stupid question, Michael Vincent?
1: Um, why are you uh, swimming in green jello? No. Uh, <laughs> what What is a little thing that annoys the hell out of you, Dan? <laughs>
6: That's a good question. Um, when uh, brokers flip, when the market flips. Uh, so brokers hmm. you know six months ago carriers were their best friends and and they're like yeah oh man i need you i need you and then the market flips and another and another carrier comes in and says hey i'll do it for a hundred bucks less and they jump because of profit
2: that's right gotcha well dan hey people who want to connect with you they want to check out your show dj in the morning where do (laughs) i send them to i know i'm going to be on there soon too so i'll i'll tell my I'll I'll inform my audience when i'm on on
3: for sure we're looking
6: forward to we'll have to get michael and uh john on for their next song that we can do a duet um, definitely. So just, uh, you can get me on LinkedIn at Dan vegan, just Google me, Dan vegan. I'm, I'm usually not green. Um, or you can email me at info at dot Either one I'm available.
2: Love it, man. I like you in lime too. Your green is your color, that sir. Is, Thanks man. for joining us today, <laughs> Aaron Go bra
1: or something. Good
2: stuff. Take it easy, Dan. You too, my man. Take care, guys. Dig it. See no you. filter. That no filter. He puts that on Instagram. And there's
1: obviously. <laughs> First time I saw him, I was like wondering why is he in like a post office with all the PO boxes. Why isn't he green? To... That's actually a, a calendar on the wall there.
2: <laughs> well, it's Curtis Garrett. He's vice president of pricing and carry relations at Recon Logistics. It's a very interesting job. Our own Zach Strickland comes from that pricing. Mm, uh, that's yes, where he, he does. Cut his job. Job. It's not the easiest job in the world. Your ass is on the line a lot when you're doing that. Yeah, Put the can. wrong prices out there. Let's bring on, Curtis, thanks for coming on the show today.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Curtis, what's a
2: guy like you do who's an LTL pricing specialist? you just like in spreadsheets all day looking at numbers, you know,
0: seeing which way the wind's blowing and which way the rates should go. How, do, how does that work? Before I answer that, I, I want to get this straight. So we've had severed limbs. <laughs> yes. We've had <laughs> Trekkies. Being interviewed, walking around, and we've had green men, and now we're going to talk LTL pricing. (laughs) Yeah, of course, man. That's that's. Let's. Well, maybe something interesting will happen behind you. Maybe a uh, a deer will run through or something. (laughs) Who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's uh, to answer your question. A a lot of work in spreadsheets. A lot of communication. You know, time uh, on calls and meetings with our our LTL carrier partners. We kind of approach that at Recon. As more of a collaboration like let's model reality as best we can that's how our technology is built out that's how you know how our rfps are done so it's less uh boiler room negotiating it's more let's get this data right let's get it modeled correctly knowing what drives carrier costs and you know work from there as a team i guess
1: yeah so um Go through, Curtis. How is, how is the typical pricing of LTL done? And, uh, you know, what's wrong with it? Why 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 does it need to be fixed?
2: Yeah, it's like a brief overview. Yeah. You don't have to go too deep on it.
1: Yeah, we don't need to get into right. the whole
0: NMFC and all like that. Like the
2: 30-second kind of soundbite version. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll leave the NMFC and the class stuff alone. Um, but, no, it's just – it's done inefficiently. It's typically, you know, once per year uh, reviews – uh, increases, decreases, some sort of pricing review. Um, it's just, there's a huge admin burden. Um, it's kind of like taking, you know, a Polaroid Polaroid picture, uh, and expecting that to be accurate throughout the whole year Mm -hmm. when, you know, we're in the era of, of 4k live streaming and everything's dynamic, everything's getting automated. Um, and that's obviously I think where we should go.
2: What are you seeing in LTL pricing and volumes right now, or in in regular OTR smart market? We're seeing big drops, but are you seeing similar in LTL, a little bit more protected, a lot of goods still moving that way? What's up in, uh, what is it, April now? What's up in April in LTL?
0: Yeah, I mean, that to me is not the part of the conversation I really focus on a whole lot. I mean, obviously, LTL is kind of the long tail of truckload. You know, there will be some impact. Um, There's maybe some some slight slowing that, that I'm seeing and hearing, but I'm more about, and what we're about at Recon is improving, you know, the framework of how LTL pricing is done and the mm-hmm. mechanics behind it. Um, so getting more quality data earlier in the transaction to carriers through EBOLS, um, helping them, you know, build out models to where instead of just that once per year, you know, pricing review yeah. and here's your new discount minimum structure, it should be eventually more like a, an investment calculator where you've got different fields that we know drive carrier cost. You've got volume, you've got lane factors for a head haul, back haul. you've got the market impact. Um, I think there's a way to keep pricing more automated and dynamic on the LTL side, but still have it be quantifiable and, and give the ability to forecast uh, freight costs for, for shippers. So I, I think that's where we're headed. I mean, yeah, things are maybe softening a bit now, but that could change next week. You never
3: know.
1: Yeah, Curtis, I mean, one of the big differences between LTL and truckload pricing is the actual class in the NMFC, and to go into that is absolutely insane. But there are some points to be made there that I think everybody can understand. You had some LTL that really suffered during the pandemic, even though we were, had a lot of freight that was moving, but because the freight class and the mix of freight on those lanes changed dramatically. They had a lot of difficulty there. Is that what you're talking about when you talk about dynamic pricing, being able to actively um, embargo or disembargo specific classes of freight and so on, on on different lanes?
0: So what I mean essentially is is your LTL carrier costs are primarily driven by space, time, and risk. You know, space occupied on the trailer, that's the line haul portion, time spent at delivery, uh, pickup and delivery, cross docking And then risk when it comes to potential claims, you know, out of route deliveries, uh, non-industrial areas. And so those are the things that need to drive LTL pricing going forward. The class, the, you know, specific accessorial that may be driven by the weight of a Like, look at a liftgate charge. You could have a 300 pound pallet and a 3000 pound pallet one trip up and down on the lift gate, but yet the 3000 pound pallet is going to cost a lot more just because that's priced right now by, by weight and per hundred weight. So there's just a lot of things where costing and pricing are misaligned still. Um, I like to say the, you know, the the rules tariff is kind of the duct tape that holds all that together with, with these different cubic capacity and over length rules. Um, But when we can simplify it, get the data flow automated, vetted, you know, to where carriers are trusting the data that's being sent to them by shippers and 3PLs um, and turn that into just accurate costs. Like, here's our cost right now with our networking to handle this type of profile of freight. Here's the, you know, the best price I can give you on that. So class plays into it. uh, But that's just, that's one, you know, one variable of kind of an antiquated model.
2: Now, yeah. let's get way uh, way beyond antiquated, right? Let's go let's deep space it. nine. Let's go next generation. Let's say we make Star Wars uh, Star Trek teleporters, yeah, right? Let's go to Trek. And you could move goods that way to another planet. How would you even price something like that? How would you,
0: Curtis? <laughs> space time and risk, to be honest, the same That's right. three variables. It's, it's, I think <laughs> the, think the you're space right. time
1: and risk. I think These he's one hundred percent right. How I mean, it's got to be easier to dis, you know, to, to take apart a steel or, or plastic than steel and transport it, right? Yeah. So space time and risk. It's well, density based.
2: Then you might, might
0: have the the space time continuum
1: accessory. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> there's
2: always space. the accessory, Always got to be careful of those in LTL. Now you there's an article on Freightways that is all about uh, dynamic dynamic pricing. I will link it in the show notes, the kind of thing you might want to read a little bit about. But after they read that, Curtis, and they're interested in it, and they need some help with their LTL pricing, or they want their classes audited or something to that, how do they reach out to Recon?
0: Yeah, reconlogistics.com is our website. Uh, we've got some big things underway um, on the tech side and just in how we're going to be approaching the industry here very soon. Uh, so keep, you know, keep an eye out for updates on that. But for now, we're on LinkedIn. Our website's recon Reconlogist- logistics dot I'm sorry. Um, that's why we might change the name. It's a mouthful. But
3: well, uh <laughs> I think
0: it's pretty good. what's one lo-
2: oh, I think we're gonna ask it. you
3: the real stupid question oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, the day.
2: Yeah. Well, what's, what what's what is a little thing that annoys the hell out of you?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think um just kind of how we all talk over each other in this industry at times. Um we kind of do, you know, what's What's best for our company? Um, I really appreciated the stuff Dan was saying before me with transparency, long-term relationships. That's that's how we've approached it, you know, at Recon since day one. Um, so, don't sacrifice, you know, a long-term win for for a short-term windfall. But I think what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do, and what we're trying to do at Recon is. Just bust these silos, right. get everybody. Curtis, this is too serious
2: of an answer for our wheel of stupid questions, man. This is, uh, sure. it, It's supposed to be like the dude whistling, the dude whistling. Curtis, thank you so much for your time today, though. We, we do appreciate it. We're glad you got that, that message out there. We were looking for something more stupid, but we do appreciate that you were too smart for us as Some well. people just aren't stupid. I wasn't briefed on the question, I'm sorry. <laughs> Take it easy, Curtis. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you again soon. Now we got it. It's Friday, right? It is Friday. Friday. I love yep. it. Gotta go to a little good news, bad news. Ooh, let's do it, man! You know those industry are so obsessed, right? They can't like even think outside the company. Like, no. What's a little thing? You, you know what annoys me? Good whispering good drives me nuts. That yeah, whispering's oh, annoying, God. especially like you just kind of overhear it. I um, hate whispering. I hate like in this new Lego game. I hate when you fall. It's really easy to fall off the side of cliffs and you lose Ooh. like all these studs you've collected. You got to use the studs to buy to unlock the figures. And my kids complain that like they don't have the studs. The, but you can turn that that fall damage off. There you that's, go. that's another little thing you that, that annoys me. Turn way. it off. Or like people like flicking things, you know, like flicking uh, that, or like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of things that annoy me. (laughs) All right, the Ever Forward is still stuck in the mud, and Evergreen has declared. What's that?
1: The Ever Forward stuck in the mud is annoying.
2: Yes, that is annoying. (laughs) Everything Evergreen is annoying. The Ever Forward is still stuck in the mud, and Evergreen has declared general average. Here's the good news, though. At least it wasn't the Ever Uranus that got stuck. (laughs) There's a lot of these. There's a lot of these Ever vessels. There's like Ever Liberty. There's actually there's even like an Ever. Lawful. Ever-unlawful. Ever-lawful? Yeah, ever-lawful. That's ever-uranus. Is there
1: thing. a never-forward?
2: Would it be worth it? Would it be worth that getting stuck just for the memes? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, it would. All it right, absolutely we're rooting.
2: would. We are rooting for the ever-uranus <laughs> to get stuck next.
1: <laughs> Here's some bad news, my friend. Ocean rates are still much more expensive than they were pre-pandemic. I mean, like, a mm. lot more expensive, but the good news is, brother, they're coming down. Check these out. I believe you got these in your email the other day. These are some freight uh, spot rates, in there, and they seem to be coming down. They seem to be coming down quite nicely, substantially, right? But uh, you know, hey, look at some of these other charts that we have there. I believe we have well, some well, an audio listeners. So we got like, oh, yeah, Chicago down listeners. to I'm thirteen
2: there. nine. You got Norfolk down to two uh, two hundred. We've got Long Beach West Coast eighty five hundred. So about yeah, 8, eighty five eighty twelve around twelve hundred East Coast eighty five hundred West Coast and. Yeah. Yeah, when you're talking about September, Michael Vincent, in September of last year, it was twenty thousand dollars to go to the East Coast. Oh yeah, and you know, it was sixteen to go to the West Coast, which well, is great.
1: So we kind of halved the rates. I remember when the deal was twenty five hundred or twenty five thousand either 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 coast. <laughs> we have some stories though, right? Even Toronto. Even Toronto, right? We, we
2: have some historics, right?
1: Yeah, we do have some historics. So you're looking at here is the last the uh, last three years to the West Coast. The blue is the current year, and now that's that's coming down. But look at that green there, my well, friend. But what is it? What's the average for the audio list? Wow, average right now is what is that at? Fifteen eight is where that average is right now on the Freitas Balt of Index. And if you look to for the twenty twenty one for twenty twenty one, no, that's twenty twenty two. That's okay. 2022 right now. 2021 um, it was was very close to it because it's over on the right-hand side, but it was around 15 15 even, so it went up a little bit, yeah. and now we're starting to see, see things come around. Because I got a full year there, so it wraps around. The next one there is actually China to the east coast, and right now it's sitting at about 17-1 when it was about 16-2 this time last year. If you look far to the right, that orange line is actually coming into this year again. So that's that's the round trip around Around those things was seventeen, and now you're dropping down into the nines and twelves. It's rapid. very nice.
2: It's rapid how quick freight falls. The free fall in freight is uh, it'll it'll knock your underwear uh, off.
1: Absolutely, it will. All right. It bad news. Will.
2: You are Tillman B. Rotabo, number four, and you were driving through a severe storm in Collins, Mississippi, on Tuesday, April fifth, when tornadoes started touching down, and you mm. thought the worst. Take a look at this.
1: Driving in a tornado. I am in a tornado, so I just wanted to call and say that if something happens to me I'll let it I'm trying, but I'm right back in the middle of <laughs> it. Oh god. Oh, this is scary.
2: You never want to make that phone call. Fortunately he made it through unscathed, he made it out the other end, but Never want to call yeah yeah, yeah,
1: it'll be uh, nice when your vehicle is connected and can say, hey, there's a tornado coming and just shut you down because driving you don't want to keep doing that stuff, right? Here's some good news, my friend. You're cruising down the interstate. It's a nice sunny day. Check this thing out. The bad news is this, this guy. guy's driving as well, my friend. <laughs> Check out this guy from the right-hand side. I think what happens here, and I don't want to give it away too fast, I think he doesn't realize that that trailer's on Do the Do we pack. have
2: audio on this? I want to hear this. <laughs> I, this one has a nice crash. Uh, it, here it comes. There we go. There we go. Boom, yeah. So what we're looking at here is this guy. <laughs> do kind of, you think he's trying to do some hot shot trucking with that little flatbed behind him?
1: I, I think he forgot that he had that trailer behind him is what it looks like because he, he cuts right in front of that uh, that 18 wheel. we got another
2: video here. Bad trailer. news. You're flying down the highway. You're, you're making great time when this happens. Look at this guy. He's cruising right down. Just See, wait for it. Wait for it here. Look at that. Look at the black SUV ahead of him.
1: The black SUV right in front of the right-hand side. going wobbling. He's going
2: he's gonna to become a wobbling goblin. He's going to lose it any This is one
1: of those annoying things that I, I dislike as well. It's one of those... And, and we this cut happens this? To, we cut me this to me like to we every week. Oh, there we go. Line. Look at that.
2: There we go. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's losing the wheel. Zing. We got the oil change real quick, too. That guy was fine. That guy was fine. We got the oil change? Oil we change. change oh, don't. Keyboard Cat's playing us off. AR. Oh, look at this. We'll let this video play us off, take you out to the weekend. This person's coming in for an oil change, and uh, they're going for an oil change, too, as they drove it right they through. Go. Find me on Twitter, at Timothy Find Jim at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger.
1: And I'm Michael Vincent. Tell him how to be this Hey, week. peace and love. Spread it everywhere.